Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, your weekly podcast where we take a deep dive examining knowledge, philosophies, wisdom and insights to help you to lead, manage and coach in football, sports and life. Leader Manager Coach is presented by Rob Riles. Rob is a qualified coach with a League Managers Association qualification and a science and medicine background. He has worked in the football industry in Europe, USA and Africa at international, premiership, league, non-league and grassroots levels with World Cup and European Championship experience. Hello and welcome to another edition of Leader Manager Coach. It's Rob Riles welcoming you to another programme. Today we're going to have a tactical focus. The focus of the podcast today is very much tactical and it's been influenced heavily by some of the reading that I've been doing and sharing and getting getting quite quite deep into and it's due to the work of some real key people who are putting some fantastic content on social media some coach coaches and some people who understand the true philosophy behind coaching and have espoused their own ideas and interpretations of what some of the greats have done and what some of the greats are doing and I'll come on to to their their links later on um, because they're really important um, people in terms of the kind of content that they're that they're producing and putting out that's helping young coaches in the world of football understand what some of the real significant changes have been what the evolution of coaching has has been about and how the current particularly how the current era is playing out in terms of its philosophy in terms of its practical application and even where the game is going it does seem doesn't it that the game is evolving at a an ever increasing rate i think that's true of often it seems that way in in all aspects of life that things are evolving and moving quicker and getting getting faster and faster in terms of the evolution whether that's you know things as as far away as space travel or as as near to us as you know the way that money's transferred in our economic system and information is available to us so straight into the content and the essence of what i want to talk about is is two things one is the relevance of positional play in in football it's very tactical this and very and, 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 and quite focused on the coaching aspect and the principles behind it what underlies it who are the main the people who've who've brought this to us and how that how that is compared to great tacticians or great ways of playing from the past or examples of anyway and you know where where we're likely to be looking in the future so I would like to give some credit to David Garcia for a wonderful set of articles that he has uh, again, David's work on the on the internet is is available to all. It's a wonderful source of information, and David's been writing articles for a number of years. And is his website? It's just a sport. Is so worthwhile looking at. There is a phenomenal amount of content on there, and one of the facets and one of one of the the sections that I've been looking at recently is positional play. Now. If we if we look at positional play, the foundation of positional play, really, um, it it is something that currently is is rightly or wrongly is 
attributed very strongly to the philosophy of Manchester City and particularly Pep Guardiola and back to Barcelona. But the the you know possibly if you want to use this term the grandfathers of positional play or the real significant influencers of positional play from the past are you know people like Juan Manuel Lilo who really was considered to be and is considered to be one of the significant proponents of, of positional play and one of the real great philosophers on on how the game should be played in terms of a possession based based game he um, alongside him is a guy called Francisco Seriolo, again another Spaniard who I believe was a fitness coach and wasn't actually involved in football, which brings us to, you know, the point that great coaches have transferable skills. Every single sport has its obvious specifics and its niche information that is very, very specific and appropriate to that sport. But the principles of coaching, the principles of leadership, the the principles of bringing on talent and nurturing talent and dealing with people and dealing with players and dealing with athletes is, is based on universal principles. So the skills of a great leader, a great manager, a great coach are transferable. And that's what the evidence suggests in this case that Francisco or Paco Seriolo, who was very influential in Johan Cruyff's era at Barcelona. Started off, I believe, um, I think it was a as a fitness coach, maybe involved in basketball or handball. I'm not so certain about that. But some of his principles of positional play were certainly taken on board by Johan Cruyff and the, the rest is history in terms of Cruyff's influence on, on Pep, Pep Guardiola and how he, how he carried it forward. There is an amazing video uh, available on David Garcia's website. It's just a sport on uh, an early an early coaching session that Pep Guardiola was doing. I don't know whether it was when he was in charge of the Barcelona B team or when it was actually he he would already become manager of, of Barcelona. But it's simple, it's short, and it demonstrates with great simplicity and it is re- great clarity how positional play facilitates both forward play and defensive play and why it really is a win-win situation if you can get it right and and no wonder it's it's a philosophy that's really well sustained in the game in in the decade that we're in and it you know doesn't look likely to to drop away just like um you know some some kind of faddy Fatty thing that comes along and people think, oh, we've got the greatest idea since sliced bread and it lasts half a season. And then, you know, as the game does, it will prove that it, it's not a, it's not a sustainable philosophy. That's certainly not the, not the case at all with this. It's not a fad. It's not something that's just come up and, and you know, everybody's jumping on the bandwagon. This is a, 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 a philosophical basis of play that is you know as as a foundation in in the in the principles of invasion games and has stood the test of time already really although it's a very short one but the success that it's it's producing and the the type of football that it's producing and its its ability to create really successful teams that are great defensively and great offensively at the same time really states that this positional play is something that 
you know, even if it's not your, even if it's not your kind of bag or you don't think, well, that's not for me. Um, I don't think you can actually say as a football coach, it's not for you because whether you like it or not, or whatever you label it as, it will form part of your your coaching philosophy and, and practice as well. It, it really cannot. But understanding it often helps, certainly helps me and, and, and I hope it helps you and hope that this podcast that I'm sharing will just throw some light onto some principles that maybe you can take into your into your game, your coaching, your your management, and you can do your own further research and access the the information that is available to you and, and go down your own rabbit holes if um, if that's the right phrase to use. So positional play um, is you know we we listen to to. Um, to various people, but David Garcia says it's basically based on three principles. The first one is the the, the possession principle, i.e. if you want to control the game and you want to dictate the game and you want to win, you have to have the ball, i.e. if you don't have the ball, you can't really score. So having possession of the ball is, is, is very, very important. The but is though that it has to be purposeful possession. As Jed Davis talks about, and we'll come on to Jed in a minute, and some of Jed's philosophy and, and his, his his relationship with this these principles, which is virtually a hundred percent, it's tied in there totally, and and it relates very very much to his work on um, the study of Marcello Bielsa and in his book that you know in the shadows of Marcello Bielsa, the philosophy of football. So it's possession, and what's what's the idea of possession? Well, if you if you follow the the principles of what possession is all about. Possession allows you to score a goal. But in football, obviously, you've got 11 players who are going to try and stop you do that. So how do you use possession to enable you to score a goal? Well, obviously, you've got to advance. You've got to get into positions where you can score. And the possession principle says that we will use the ball and we will pass the ball and we will move the ball in order to create space. And by moving the ball around... In possession, the possession principle says we will move the opposition. And by moving the opposition, we will create space. And at some point, we will create a situation where we have either a, you call it an overload or a numerical superiority where we can then progress or penetrate. So we can move the ball, for example, from the defensive third into the attacking third or the midfield third if we can't get into the attacking third. And then the process is repeated or not dependent upon the situation it's created because obviously if you've got a one-on-one with your attacker to go and take on the centre half and go and score a goal it wouldn't be the correct decision to then start a possession-based phase of play in the mid-third just because we are a possession-based football that would be the wrong decision and we'll be looking to go and take advantage of the situation and score a goal obviously but the process will move on so we have this possession principle where we keep possession we move the opposition we create space until we've got that overload and then we progress up the pitch as quickly as we possibly can we penetrate and then we ultimately need to get to the ultimate destination of the penetration game and that and that score the goal get the ball into the net so that the you know the score rep- uh, represents the the state of the game or gives us what what it is we want and then we go back to the start where we do exactly the same thing so we look to regain possession and then we look to progress and then we look to score again at the same time however 
Um, you know, obviously we we have to prevent the opposition from doing the same to us. Now, if you look at the different philosophies of the of nationalities, just for example, and just to throw a little bit of light on it and to kind of take a, a broader perspective, if we look over the past, I don't know really how long we should look back, but certainly in my lifetime, if we look back over the last four decades and we say, okay, what is the overriding philosophical practical basis of Spanish football, it would be possession-based because even before Spain started to be as, as effective and successful as they have been in European Championships and, and World Cups, they were a very, very attractive team and they had high levels of possession-based football. They would keep the ball, keep the ball, keep the ball, keep the ball. They would be technically very good. They would have high possession stats. They didn't always necessarily trans translate that into successful victory until more latter days, the, the more recent times. But they've always had this philosophy that possession is the way to play football. If we compare that to their, their European rivals who are very close to them geographically, Italy, you know, it's a well-known fact that the Italians are and were the masters in the art of defending. They've produced some of the greatest defenders that the world of football has ever known. And we've talked about those in a previous podcast, you know, people like Gentile. And um, they they based their philosophy on preventing the opposition from scoring and then using the same principles in terms of possession and progression, but in a counter-attack way. So although the principles that they used are the same, they didn't use them in, in the same ratio and they looked at it differently, which gave them a different game philosophy and, and, and a different practical application, which made the game look differently. And then if we take another look at the the British game, the Scottish, English, Welsh, Irish game, if you like, and, you know, take a standpoint on that. Although in the latter years with the Premier League, it's become much more of a melting pot with a, with a diverse range of playing styles if we take a general view and look at the game before the Premier League and we certainly look at the the championship or division two three and four the English game the British game was very much based on a, a direct form of play and so it was based on speed it was based on getting the ball forward early picking up what we call bits and second balls and creating opportunities and set plays and taking advantage of those situations. It was much less about the movement of the opposition. It was almost like, let's get the ball into the areas that are POMO, positions of maximum opportunity, and let's work from there. So whether you believe, whatever your philosophical thought process and whatever you believe, um, obviously that's that's completely dependent upon where you come from and you know how you've been brought up in the game I suppose really but that was that they're kind of a three 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 basic approaches to how the game is played yet they're all based on the on the same principle because you have to have possession at some point to score because obviously the English in the British game you'd have possession but you've got to get it you know you 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 don't commit yourself to having possession 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 score you almost feel happy to give away possession and then hopefully regain it in a 50-50 or a fight ball or a chance ball or a second ball and go on and score from that point of view with your regains in the, in the final third. So again, it all depends on 
where you come from and what it is that you value the most do you value the possession do you value the the defensive structure or do you do you value the the directness and the speed of getting the ball forward early so those are basically the principles of of positional play that that people who've been behind them obviously we've talked about and you know that if we look at that you've got the position the possession based and the outer possession based so the spanish versus the italian really if you want to put it into into context like that where the spanish value or have always valued having the ball and the italians valued not having the ball so much but being able to take advantage of when they regain now in the game we call that the the transition and i don't know how you've been brought up i don't know how your coaching journey's been and, and what your education's been like but being educated primarily in the in, in the english game but obviously using you know world and european educational opportunities with you know video and 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 things like that essentially we or i certainly had a an attacking philosophy a defending philosophy and if you like the little bit in the middle which was the transition philosophy so you've got the attacking focus the defending focus and then you've got this transition thing which is where the ball turns over so you've got the ball you lose the ball that's a transition and then you have to change your mindset well there's you know a lot of people now who 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 are looking at this and have been looking at it for a long time if you like and you know your Pep Guardiola philosophies and your Lilo philosophies and your Cerrillo and your Mourinho from Spain who will say look you know actually that's not the most efficient effective way to look at the game in terms of teaching in terms of learning in terms of progression it's much more successful to look at the game as all one and it's almost like the thought process that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. So you can be, you think, right, okay, we're going to work really hard on, we're going to work, work really hard on on possession attacking football this month or this week. Then we're going to work really hard on defending and the principles of defending and the defensive work next week. And then, oh, possibly we need to work on the transition phase. Well, as Mourinho says it's a continuum of constant change it's it's all one really and in terms of positional play and this is the bit that stood out for me particularly in Pep Pep Guardiola's video which is available on David Garcia's website it really is good it's a short video but it's just fantastic and it's so simple that he talks about when you're in possession you've got a centre half in possession who looks for his deepest player now we would probably say our highest player so if you're a centre half on the pitch you're coming out of your defensive third with the ball you have an opportunity if you can get the ball to obviously the player who's in the best position who's highest up the pitch if possible so for example you hit your centre forward and he might have his back to goal now if that happens you have now got possession high up the pitch and if you've done your your coaching correctly and it's a it's a good situation your center forward will have will now have two possibly three opportunities of support maybe his outside winger or his outside midfielder maybe his number 10 or his, or his holding midfield player has, has stepped into a position to receive the ball or maybe his his striking partner has dropped off into a position to receive the ball so he's got opportunities to lay the ball off pass the ball or 
dependent upon the exact situation, take on his player and go and score. Now, at the same time as that, as creating a fantastic attacking opportunity or phase of play, if you stop and take a still frame of that, when that centre-half plays the ball and he plays that long ball up to the striker, there are now still possibly five or six players of your team behind the ball. So if there is a transition and it breaks down, you are still in a, in a really good defensive situation. So it's not like everybody's pushed on, everybody's gone forward and now you're in a, a negative 2v3 situation at the back because there's been a turnover you've committed yourself to going forward and now you've allowed the opposition a numerical overload so that that particular point of looking for your highest position player at the same time as utilizing the principles of positional play with your maybe your outside left and your central midfield player and possibly your strike second striker being in great positions to actually receive the ball and at the same time, if there is a turnover and they're in the right position, not only will they be able to receive the ball if, if your centre forward can control the ball and pass it successfully, if he can't or the other team win it, they are in the great position where they can actually press any number of players. Um, so they can go and, and, and close down any or all of the players on the opposition. Whereas if they were tight to the or close to the opposition number one they couldn't receive it in possession and certainly there would somewhere on the pitch um, very likely be an overload for the opposition so just a great principle which which outlines and highlights for me the wonderful advantages of getting really good and coaching the what I'm looking for, the, 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 the real good principles of positional play and getting your players to understand that and implement that. So I'd like to give a lot of credit to David Garcia's website. He's got some brilliant articles on there. It's called It's Just a Sport and it's so worthwhile getting into that. So thank you for that, David. As I said before, it links really strongly with Jed Davis's work on Mar Marcello Bielsa, the philosophy of um, football, the shadows of Marcello Bielsa, because Jed talks about Bielsa's philosophy of keeping the ball, keeping possession and moving the ball so that you can break down the opposition's formation. So are they very, very structured laterally from left to right? Are they very structured in depth? And have they got a, you know, are they, are they, they're not flat so that, so they're, 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 they're sitting in a great formation so you can't penetrate them. So that's where the possession principles of moving the opposition, creating space works, and that Jed Davis looks at it from Bielsa's point of view, but is basically saying exactly the same thing. Um, on in terms of the the skills, obviously we've got the example of the transferable skills of um, the fitness coach um, Francisco Serrillo, who influenced Johan Cruyff. You know, wasn't wasn't a football coach, but has become part of the. Or, or, or as a constituent key part of the the amazing you know uh, success that possession possession and positional based players become via Johan Cruyff, Barcelona, and Pep Guardiola onto Manchester City and Bayern Munich. Um, again, from a, a non-football coach, and that's well illustrated and talked about on Gary Kernin's podcast, The Modern Soccer Coach, another excellent podcast which got some fantastic, fantastic interviews on. Um, 
which talk about exactly the same thing. So absolutely fantastic. Um, Michael Beale, the Chelsea and Liverpool coach who's now at uh, Rangers with Steven Gerrard, talked very much about the transferable skills of coaching. And um, again, that, that's a great a great interview that uh, Gary Canine's done. So please check that out. It's really, really well worth, worth doing. So here we are in the 2018 talking about this positional play and very, very strong coaching influences where players, the world's best players, sit and listen and learn from coaches who direct them and teach them and educate them on on how to play the game best. And this contrast to the past was again brought to the forefront in my mind this week. I was listening to another podcast. It's called The Lob. It's a football podcast. And it was talking about, it's a wonderful, wonderful um, episode this. And it was talking about Bob Paisley. Um, Bob is talked about as British football's greatest manager. And uh, it's an arguable point because people will say, well, there are all the managers who've achieved greater things than Bob Paisley. So it's a, it's a great point to, to argue and it's a great point to discuss and um, it's something that I could discuss all day long, really. But Bob Paisley, whether it's Bob Paisley or it's Bill Shankly or it's Sir Alex Ferguson or it's Brian Clough or Don Revy or whoever it is that you would put forward, this podcast episode was about particularly Bob Paisley. And the reason um, they were talking about Bob Paisley was because of the, not just because of, but um, in line with um, a book written biography of Bob by Ian Herbert who is um, an esteemed sports writer I think he's worked for the Independent I think he's worked for the Liverpool periodicals as well who's written an amazing beautiful book called Quiet Genius on Bob Paisley and um, what the contrast for me was so much is that um, you know we would consider people would say well you know Sir Alex Ferguson was at Manchester United for I think it was you know um, maybe you're gonna have to quote me on this um 27 years and he I believe delivered something like 28 trophies in 27 years so he had a longevity that's just been amazing and people say that will never be done again who knows Brian Clough you know European Cups with what people would term as teams that weren't weren't in your in in, in your in your top six and you wouldn't choose Nottingham Forest to be um you know up there with your with your Manchester United really in terms of world support and, and things like that but here we have Bob Paisley who people said wasn't was any wasn't anywhere near the best communicator in the world wasn't anywhere near the best coach in the world but won three European Cups with Liverpool won six league titles and I believe when he didn't win the title on two two years they finished second so it became came runners up so a total of Paisley won a total of 14 trophies in nine years Fergie won 28 was it in 27 years so in terms of ratio you know Bob Paisley stands head and shoulders above Sir Alex Ferguson if that's the way you look at it and that's why some people consider Bob Paisley to be the greatest football manager and the reason I wanted to mention it not only because you know it's something I'm tremendously interested in as a standalone topic but because there are stories that Liverpool bought very very wisely and very very well they bought people, and I think it was in Paisley's era, they bought Alan Hansen. They bought Kenny Dalglish. They bought Graham Souness. 
and imagine getting hold of a team and putting at the heart of its defence somebody as good as Alan Hansen, putting in the central midfield somebody as good as Graeme Souness and putting in your attacking team somebody as good as Kenny Dalglish. You know, on its own, you know, surely that those decisions and those purchases are are enough to, you know, explain why Liverpool were were the team they were. But really they're not because, you know, all a lot of teams have bought bought great players and not succeeded. So, you know, there is more to it than that. But the reason I wanted to just mention it was because, you know, the these great players and apparently particularly great Graeme Souness when they arrived at Liverpool, they they asked Bob and they asked the coaching team, you know, Ronnie Moran and Evans and Ruben Bennett, um, what it is you want me to do? You know, you bought me. I'm, a, I'm at the great Liverpool now. You, you know, you're already looking like you're achieving success. What is it you want me to do? And, and the standard answer, allegedly, in, in, in from the annals of history is, look, don't ask us what to do. We bought you as a great player. So you just get out there and get on with it. And that is what a lot of these great Liverpool players actually said, that that was how it was done. Now, how do you marry up those two almost totally opposite principles of buying good players, instilling in them the confidence by telling them, look, don't ask us what it is you need to do. We've bought you because we believe in you and you are a great player. So go out there and do what you need to do. And they did because they won three European Cup, six lead titles and finished runner-up on, on two other occasions and won 14 titles in nine years. So the evidence is there based on that philosophy, if that's true. And here we have an evolved game. You know, we've moved on from the late 70s and, and 80s, 30 years later or 30 plus years later. And we've got this massive, significant, focused coaching philosophy or philosophies of, of you know you do this you do this this is a space you occupy this is the body shape you adopt this is what you do when a happens this is what you do when b happens and that is creating wonderful great teams you know and they're almost at opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of learning um you know or in terms of how to play football so you know i, I never fail to be totally fascinated by by our wonderful game our beautiful game and, and i'm sure you're the same as well but i thought i just needed to um to kind of put that positional play into some kind of context into terms of what it means to me and and i hope it means something to you but you know please follow it up have a look at it's only a sport the david garcia website there's some fantastic articles on there have a look at um, if you haven't already purchased it, have a look at um, or get hold of a copy of uh, the the In the Shadows of Marcello Bielsa by Jed Davis. It's 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 a great book. It's a great book. It's not an easy read, but it's a great book. Um, listen to to Gary Kernin's podcast, Modern Soccer Coach. There's so much stuff on there. It's uh, it's it's a mine of of wonderful information. Okay, that's about all from me. Um, if you've got any questions, you've got any feedback, love to hear from you. Anything you want to particularly get covered in, in a future podcast, you know, let me know. It's www.robriles.co.uk. I'm on Twitter, on LinkedIn, I'm on Facebook. Catch up. Send me a couple of smiles. If you like it, share the word. Leader, manager, coach. Great to have you. And as always, appreciate your time. Okay, catch you again. Bye-bye.